This episode of Flyover Film Show is brought to you by Ready Set Podcast. They are located in Conway, Arkansas. They have prices to fit any budget, options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. Make it super easy and create your own podcast with Ready Set Podcast. They can help you record, edit, and publish. And if you have a podcast idea, they'll give you a free consultation if you reach out to them on their website or social media. Their website is www.readysetpodcast.com. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. This is Fiverr Film Show, a podcast about movies from the perspectives of three people who live in places off forgotten by Hollywood. Today, we'll be talking about HBO's Watchmen. And in our episode today, we're going to be discussing the theme of religion within Watchmen. So, Isaac, I think you are starting us off today, yeah? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm Isaac Sims, and that's Olivia Clement. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hi. We forgot Hi. to introduce ourselves. I figured Absolutely. we'd do... Oh, and I'm Eric. Yeah, and he's Eric. <laughs> there we go. Eric joining us for the first time as a host. Yeah. This will be the first time he's recording as a host. Big deal. I meant that Feels since- good. Feels good to be on the show. Feels good. great to be on the show now. What are your plans? What are your plans for the show? What do you hope to bring? Uh, a little bit of com- comic relief. Uh, seriousness at times. Uh, joining on Isaac whenever I get the chance. Um, it's a fun does. conversation with the both of y'all. It's what you do best, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was all the uh, lightheartedness you're going to get from this episode. As uh, <laughs> Olivia <laughs> mentioned at the outset, we are discussing religion and philosophy um, as it is presented in HBO's Watchmen. We'll talk a little bit about the Zack Snyder movie as well and the and the uh philosophy that he kind of brings to the big screen from Alan Moore's graphic novel. Um so to kick this off, I wanted to incorporate one of our favorite shows and one that we've talked about in the past, uh The Boys on Amazon. Episode 5 of The Boys is one of the most interesting um depictions of modern religion uh like modern or maybe even postmodern christianity um and so in it the boys go and they are trying to extort information from ezekiel a stretchy man who has a dark dark secret and there are two interesting actually and i took notes on this there are actually three different worldviews that show up in different characters in this episode. One is Butcher, and he, uh, these are his thoughts on God. He is a C-word with a hard-on for mass murder and giving kids cancer. His answer to the existential cluster F of humanity is to nail his own bleeding son to a plank. That's, that's putting it pretty brutally. Um, the second is Huey, who believes that he... When Butcher asks him if he believes in God, he says something along the lines of, I don't know, but I don't believe that it's just random chaos. And then Butcher asks him about his girlfriend, who was killed pretty brutally, and that kind of shuts him up. And then Starlight says, I know that I'm supposed to be a, um, what does she say? Kind of like a, uh, an example to like a younger generation, but I don't know what I'm doing. And that's okay. It's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay to not know what you think about things as long as you get to a place where you do. 
And so there are three worldviews in the boys and they contrast because it's a uh, show about superheroes in 2009's Watchmen. Rorschach says something along the lines of God doesn't make the world messed up. We do humans in 2000 in uh, HBO's Watchmen. Um, in the second to last episode, John Osterman, Dr. Manhattan says that it is our responsibility to make something good out of what we have. And that's our lot in life. And my question to each of you, and I'd like to start with Eric is what are your thoughts on religion or God or both? And if someone like Dr. Manhattan, some, someone seemingly invincible existed, how would you react and why? Yeah, so that, that's kind of great analysis, Isaac, on the, the wor- different worldviews that, that show up in, in Watchmen and the boys. And if, if I really had to pick which characters, that, that characters' ideals that I kind of relate to the most, um, it's probably a combination of, of shacks and Butchers. Um, not, of course, not to the crazy extreme of Butchers, right? And, and the boys, because uh, it, it is just insanely over the top. But um, to me, uh, faith and religion from um, someone that's, that's indifferent uh, to what to uh, Christianity and all the religions that are around us. Um, I have a pretty um, pretty unique upbringing, you know, being down here in, in Fort Smith, Arkansas, like in the heart of the Bible Belt, growing up in a really a non-religious family, and my surrounding being completely surrounded by people that, that went to church like at least two times a week. Right. Um, and growing up with those people as my peers, um, it was definitely a unique experience because to this day, I'm, I don't really consider myself a religious person. Um, if, if I had to identify as a religion, I would say I, I would be a Buddhist because I did go to like Buddhist temples, with my parents, uh, every weekend growing up. And those are the teachings that I, I was raised up on. Um, but my mindset towards religion and faith is uh, I mind my own business and I respect every, pretty much everyone's uh, opinions and beliefs. And, uh, and there isn't a wrong or a right. So that's kind of my, my, my mindset. If, if Dr. Manhattan existed, how would you kind of reconcile <laughs> like a physical, a physical person? Yeah. With those kinds of powers. Uh, I would probably uh, accept that he's uh, the higher being and I would probably be the, I don't know if this would be the minority or the the majority of the people, but I would probably look up to him and and idolize him like kind of the way that we idolize people today in our society, whether it be movie stars or uh, sports uh, sports stars. Um, I would picture Dr. Manhattan that way. So in kind of a, a God in a different light. So gotcha. that's kind Perfect. of how I think about it. Gotcha. And, uh, which is, which is interesting. And I'm really excited to, I'm interested to come back to, um, you know, your thoughts on that once we kind of talk through the episode, because Damon Lindelof has <laughs> very specific feelings about, um, about Dr. Manhattan and about John Osterman's character specifically in the HBO show. So Olivia, what do you, what's your response? Where do you stand with religion and God? And what would you do if someone like Dr. Manhattan existed? So, so I believe in God. I identify as a Christian. 
I have been a Christian for most of my life uh, at this point. Uh, Eric and I, I don't know if we've actually discussed this on the podcast, but Eric and I went to high school together. And so I was one of the people, one of his peers that was going to church twice a week. Uh, And so the older I've gotten, the more I've realized religion is often used or view, at least viewed in a negative way. There have been times where I have even been burned by, by the church as in like big C church, um, you know, based on, you know, having different views or different uh, ideologies about certain things or even just the way I was dressed, uh, which has happened. And um, so, so there's different things like that, but you know, I still, I'm very much active in the the church that I attend. I see, uh, I, I go to church every week. So, so I'm fairly devout, I would say. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think God is this angry being up there who's, who's trying to punish us or anything like that. Uh, I think that, I do think that religion can be used to guilt and shame people. Uh, it's been interesting. So, Again, this has been mentioned before, uh, but I am a therapist or I'm in the process of becoming a therapist. And so I interned on the campus of a Christian university. And so it was really interesting to hear the different things that people would come in and talk about. And I, I of course, can't go into the details about any of that, but often a theme that I saw within those clients, especially if they had very religious backgrounds, was how different people in the church that they grew up in or different people on campus made them feel really bad about certain things. Uh, and I know that when we when we get hit on the boys, there are going to be certain things from that specific episode that I was like, oh man, oh man, that hit home. And so, so, so I think that it can be a good religion can be a really good thing. It has made me, I think a better person. Um, but I think that it can all be a very dangerous thing. It can be a weapon if it's taken out, like things are taken out of context, you're trying to manipulate someone, you're trying to guilt someone or shame someone. So that's kind of my thought process on all of that. Um, if I, if there was a real life Dr. Manhattan, I think it would really affect the way I view God and my understanding of God and, and under the way I view my faith, I think it would really probably cause some sort of, I don't know, some sort of not culture shock, but it would make me really reevaluate my beliefs. So, so yeah. That's, that's fascinating. And uh, I just want to say that this is, this is the second episode that we are recording in our Watchmen series. And it's by far the most intense that we've done. So I'll try it just to like in general, inge- it's been the most intense, like ever. Yes. Well, well, not. I mean, not episode one. Like you mean of Watchmen? No, or I like mean everything we've done so far. Everything we've done so far as a whole. Yes, I totally agree. And so I feel like I'm on a. I do not like him, but I feel like we are on a Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> oh, we're like getting into some stuff right now. So, <laughs> but. Yes, no, I, uh, I uh, totally, I hear what you're saying, Olivia, and I think that I, I can totally see how 
how you would think that. And my, I'll, I'll kind of start off my, um, my thoughts on Dr. Manhattan and then we'll kind of open it up to the boys and whatever else is on our agenda and just, and just keep on going. But I think it's, uh, if, if Dr. Manhattan, as he is presented in Watchmen was a real person. And if I gathered information, like as a person who lived in that universe, I would come to the conclusion eventually, I believe that he is not God. Um, and that he's not even worthy of worship um, and that no one on earth is worthy of worship because we get to see um, Jeremy Irons character, Ozymandias um, is dissatisfied with the worship that he receives from the people that Dr. Manhattan creates on Europa. And he says to the game warden, you are a good enough opponent, but you or you put on a hell of a show, but you are not a good opponent for me, because Doctor Manhattan isn't. He's powerful enough to create life technically, but he can't create life in the way that we are alive. Uh, humans are alive, and so we. You get to see this really interesting thing, and I, I. It's very fresh on my mind because I just rewatched it, but whenever he's describing the way these subjects or, or the the man and the woman who are created in the image of the people of the uh the host and hostess who housed him and his dad when they were uh uh war refugees in germany uh, i guess it was in england they were trying to get to america um he he created them and he said I'm, I'm trying to find it. I created Adam and Eve, but not in my own image, in theirs. Which is interesting because in the Christian tradition, um, which I also identify with, um, it's one thing, it's, it's something that Olivia and I have in common. Um, there's a Latin phrase ca- called, and it's uh, Imago Dei, and it's found in Genesis 1, um, male and female, he created them, um, and that this idea that humans are made in the image of God. And if you believe that, and if you take that image, or if you take that phrase, then every single person is made in the image of God, which hints that there is a al- almost infinite number of images of God, and that every single person is is beautiful and worthy of, of life and breath. And it's a beautiful thing to think about. And it's something that shows up in Watchmen a lot um, in terms of how it ties into racism, in terms of how, <clears throat> spoiler, uh, Angela is the one who ends up getting the, the powers from the egg. I, be- I believe that she got the powers from the egg because, and I believe that John gave them to her because he was standing on the pool and he said, this is going to be important for later. And so he, and then at the very, the very, very last images of the show is Angela stepping onto the pool and you don't get to see what happens. Um, so it's, I, I believe that God, I believe that Jesus is the savior of the world. And I, and I don't understand, I don't understand. I like think about the crucifixion and the, in the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and I'm like, 
it's just this one thing that blows my mind every time. And I kind of understand it and I kind of don't. And I kind of live in this continually suspension of my faith. Like, all right, I believe it and it's beautiful. And then like, I really don't understand this and I need right. help yeah. understanding it <laughs> and like holding on to it. Um, but I, the thing that, one of the things that keeps me continuing to believe in Christianity, despite all the many flaws I'm sure we're going to get into, um, is this idea of Imago Dei, that, that humans were created to reflect God and that, and I'll make, I'll make some hopefully not as uh, pontificating cases for it, but that God is good and that God is worthy of worship. Unlike Dr. Manhattan by his, like his uh, creations on Europa and unlike Jeremy Irons character, Ozymandias, neither one of them were satisfied with the uh, worship of their creations and humans are not satisfied with their worship of God, but for different reasons. And so it's, I'm, I'm excited to get into it, but that's what I think about it. That's how we're kicking it off. Do y'all have any thoughts about that? I think it's interesting that you and I had different reactions to, to Dr. Manhattan. I agree. Uh, not because I think you're wrong, but I think you've made a good point of, of the more you got to know who he is and everything and how he was created. It makes sense. But I don't know if, if there was a real life Dr. Manhattan, I don't know how much information I would have about him. Cause you know, we get to see it more and get to know more about him throughout the comics, throughout the movie, throughout the show. And you see that he is, he is flawed despite the fact that he's supposed to be this godlike being. But from an outsider's perspective, I don't know if we would ever learn that. So, but anyway, I think that's a, that was an interesting point. So anyway, that's true. We'd like most of the characters in the show don't know what he says and the choices he makes and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just kind of hidden from him. So, uh, so, and I think that, like what Eric was saying, if he's doing all these things that is that's supposed to like be helpful to us as people, as Americans, as whatever, it's gonna feel like he's saving us in a way. So anyway, that's I don't know. I think that's just interesting. Eric, do you have any thoughts? Um now that I think about it, uh how I would view Dr. Manhattan, I'd probably view him in a similar light to the way I view Carmelo Anthony. That's my final answer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which version of, of Mellow? Hoodie Mellow? Braid Mellow? Skinny I'm Mellow? Gonna say, I'm going to say Hoodie Mellow because you're hoodie right. You, you, we don't know Dr. Manhattan's true intentions and motivations if we were in a book of watching, right? Hoodie yeah. Mellow. Hoodie Mellow, nice. Eric, what, what was going through your mind when Olivia and I were describing what we believe in about God in Christianity. Oh, I, I almost could, even though I'm, I'm not a, a Christian, I could almost, I could almost relate to it and, and see what you guys are saying because all, almost all of my closest friends are, are I would say are probably devout Christians. Um, and growing up with that, I, I learned things about Christianity, Christianity that not in a formal setting, just being surrounded, having my peers surround me and, learning all learning what they believe in and what motivates them that kind of just 
passed on to me. And some of it I agree with and some of it I disagree with, right? But um, it's all stuff that I can't relate to and I can see everyone's uh, thoughts and opinions on. Just uh, part of the fun of being in, being in Fort Smith, uh, being raised up in Fort Smith, a place that has at least three churches on, on every block. So, Yeah. Welcome to the South. <laughs> <laughs> We've all we've all been here the same time, but yeah, that's that's interesting. And it's one of the things I appreciate about about you being on um being on our show because you bring a you bring a different perspective and one that makes for really good discussion and, and conversation. Oh yeah. I'm glad to to add to the flavor. What um what are some ways that you saw the boys episode five with the uh Believe Expo connecting to this conversation about God likeness in Watchmen and were there any personal connections that you guys had to it? We love the boys. <laughs> Eric, do you want to take this one first or do you want me to uh, you go for it, Olivia, go for it. So as far as personal connections, there were lots that uh, I, I felt connected to. And I don't even know where to start. So growing up, I went to a lot of, of church camp and a lot of different sort of youth conferences, stuff like that. And the Believe Expo felt very similar to that. But the older I got, the more I kind of felt like Starlight. So Starlight, for anyone who hasn't seen the show, she is like the newest member of this the superhero team. And she... She comes from kind of the Midwest, grew up with a single mom, but she always went to these expos. And so for her, she said it felt like home. But the more she kind of looked around and paid attention to the surrounding area, the booths and everything, she felt like something had changed. And that's how I felt too. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way I I changed as I went to college. My views on things sort of shifted, which happens as you get older, especially if you you know go to college and that kind of thing. Not to say your your views can't shift or change if you don't go to college. I didn't mean it like that. Uh, but there were a couple of things that she was dealing with that I was like, oh, these are things that girls think about a lot within Christian culture, but don't have the ability to talk about because of the ways in which women and girls are told not to do things or think about things and so on and so forth. So I identified with that as far as bringing it back to the watchmen, it felt like, I mean, because watchmen on HBO takes place in Tulsa. And so even though it's not necessarily hit on, there's a lot of themes of that. I mean, look at the character of Wade Tillman or looking glass. He you don't know that much about his his character until kind of later in the show, but you learn that he was what a Jehovah's Witness, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, yep. so you can see that he's lapsed as in the show, but there are still these very strong convictions he has, which makes sense for someone who grew up in the church, grew up in a very overtly religious and conservative background uh you know he he has kind of this hunger for justice which i think a lot of christians have but maybe not necessarily in the way that in the areas that they maybe should have justice or want justice in um anyone who's been paying attention to any of the issues that have been going on for the past several months really for a long like much longer than that but 
here recently, you can see the ways in which Christians pick and choose things to be concerned about. And so I think that you could see... It's a great way to put it. Thank you. Yeah, I think you can see kind of this this hunger for justice within Wade Tillman. I mean, that guy, as soon as he found out about how the entire police force quit after the white night, he was like, no, 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 I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to join the force. So that was something that I thought about. Um, I don't know if any of that made sense or I just felt like I kind of rambled there. So sorry. No, that, that makes, that makes total sense. And, uh, I think, I think, uh, in general, no, I, I would, I would make this statement because I think that it applies outside of a Christian culture. Life, life is harder on women in every, in every avid, in every aspect. And so, um, you know, some of the stuff that you've shared with me and I, I won't ask you to share it on here if you're not comfortable, but you know, some of those things that you've shared with me, I'm like, man, like I get, I can see how, um, Starlight's character is how you guys have a bunch of things in common and parallels. Um, even though I know for a fact you weren't like a, a pageant queen or anything like that. Right. Yeah. But, but there, but there are a lot of things where I'm like, it is everything she's saying is very representative of what a lot of women feel in terms of, I have to act this way. I have to say these things. I have to present my body this way. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there are certain things that uh, I've experienced within the church that, this is I, I this makes it sound like it's it's dark and scary it's it's not i mean things could have been i guess i know for a fact things could have been a lot worse but there have been times where and anyone who knows me knows i don't i don't dress provocatively in any way but there was an incident where i i got in trouble for how i was dressed and it was it was really a big deal to me uh because that net was never something i tried to do and have never tried to do but also it brought a lot of shame to me because I, because of what was said and I'm not going to go into that, but that happens all the time for girls. And, and something that I thought was interesting with the boys is that Starlight was asked if she's ever had sex. And that was something, and like, there's kind of like the girl who asked was like hesitant and like nervous to ask that because girls aren't allowed to have impure thoughts or think about about sex or anything like that and so that's something that I think is really uh interesting and something that you know as as a therapist I have to talk about sex with my clients and you know the amount of times I've I have a you know someone come in and say I'm having these thoughts but I think I'm a bad person or a sinful person because that's like okay, well, let's, let's reevaluate that. And it's usually someone who comes from a super conservative Christian background. And so working through that, I, I think about these things a lot when I'm talking with clients. So I think that, uh, I want to, I want to know what you think about, uh, um, about the connection with the boys and Watchmen and, you know, what it was like growing up in Fort Smith, Eric, but I was just going to say real quick, the boys is kind of this hyper, um, like hyper cynical perspective on faith, a Christian, especially Christian faith. And they, and they look at everything in terms of a corporatization of superheroes and faith and uh, faith superheroes and uh, like that kind of thing. 
And whereas Watchmen, I mean, just in episode eight with him describing to, with uh, John describing to Angela how he was creating life on Europa, I just watched it and I was like, the way he was, the words he was using, he used the words amniotic, which means some kind of membrane in a membrane in a mammal. And it's just really beautiful. And the blue Danube is playing. And I was like, this is this almost surprisingly optimistic in pro. Um, like it, it does inspire this kind of awe. And it's funny because one of the episode titles is an almost religious awe. So it's just, it's just funny how like at odds um, the two shows perspectives on organized religion is so. Eric, yeah, what are your was, thoughts? That was going to be kind of my point um, where Watchmen is a lot more methodical and, and almost deeper with their approach to the topic of religion um, compared to the boys where they're almost, it's almost like they're, they're par- it's almost a parody and the points they're making are like hitting the head, uh, hitting the nail on the head with a hammer. Um, but of, of course with the boys, um, I want to ask y'all how how accurate is uh, the way they portrayed the the expo with the experiences that, that y'all have had because I've I've never been to one and from what I see is just stories from my friends of course the boys I'll I'll just say real quick before because I know Olivia has pretty strong feelings <laughs> about <laughs> about like how it's all presented at the Believe Expo but I I had a very unique. Um, church going experience because both the churches I went to were pretty, were very conservative, but were very dogmatic about um, interpretation of the Bible. And so that's what they would, that's what they would teach in kind of um, for, to put it, to put it crudely, to put um, like drill it into everyone's heads. Um, so it was like not really cool, like a technically cool or fun place compared to other youth groups, if that makes sense. And I'm just, I'm just being honest. I have, I have several very good friends that I still keep up with and I'm really thankful for the mentors that I had from there, but it's just, it, that's, that's how I look at it looking back. Yeah. When, when I watched the episode or rewatched it, it's like, wow, are they, are they selling, really selling like merchandise at these things? Um, behind the stage passes for like to go see pastors and stuff, and the, the com- almost the commercialization of of, of Christianity, if, if that is actually a, a thing in our society. From what I can tell, that is that is Christianity as at its worst and its most hypocritical. And I I won't name names just because I not not because I'm afraid to, but because I haven't done the research and I can't back it up with you know this organization says this and did this and believes this, but um, maybe that's another discussion that we can have, but really famous pastors and figures are held with in awe, but are also kind of, I would say like, like John Piper, Louis Giglio, Matt Chandler. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, elevation church. I don't remember his name. They're like those are a couple names who are like held in really high regard, but are mm-hmm. also, res- for the most part, very respected. 
Um, Louis Giglio came under fire a couple of months ago for saying something really cringy about, um, about white, white privilege. He wasn't that, sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you. Go ahead. He wanted to rebrand it white blessing. And it's just like, it's like, no dude, don't, don't do that. And he's since apologized for that. Um, so Ezekiel kind of like, I've never encountered someone personally like Ezekiel. So I worked at a summer camp, a Christian summer camp one year, and there was there's a pa- pastor that would come and speak every year, and he felt very much like Ezekiel, very. And, and I, I when I worked worked there, I actually got to meet him, and he, I mean, he seemed genuine, but again, that's in front of he's still in front of an audience at that point. Uh, but to me, this this felt very prosperity gospel to me yeah. uh which is more and i hope it's okay that i throw this guy under the bus because this guy's a big I love it when people are the his name is joel Olstein, and and lots of people really like him but he is very prosperity gospel which means you kind of have to buy or earn your way to salvation which is very much the opposite of the gospel the whole point of of the gospel and you know, Jesus dying for your sins is that you don't have to do anything to, to get to salvation. That was all done. But Joel Olstein and, and the prosperity gospel is very much like, oh, well, if you do these things, then, then these blessings will come for you. And I even said this, or I wrote it down. Where'd it go? While you're looking for that, uh, uh, just works, like works-based versus grace-based. Um that that's kind of one of the things with with the boys with Billy and Huey uh where wait a second I I lost what I was saying sorry go ahead Olivia <laughs> so so Ezekiel says why could Jesus walk on water why can Homelander fly how about a train which by the way these are these are other superheroes in the show how can how about a train why does he get to run the way he runs or, or how do i hold the whole world in my loving embrace why were we chosen because of the lord because we were born with his power because we believe so to me that's like saying well we get to have these superpowers because because we believe and that means we, we believe harder we believe more and we're better than you and that's not how that works in my opinion I am no biblical scholar, scholar or theologian. Or are you a scholar? <laughs> or a scholar. I was combining scholar and theologian just then. So, scholarogen. So, I don't know. I those, those that's what it felt like to me. There were some of the shirts that they had in the background. I don't know if anyone paid attention to this, but there are the cheesiest Christian shirts that I actually saw in person at at camp oh, no. and they're bad nice. i i actually looked them up i'll i'll screenshot and send them to you to nice. you guys so you can see it but they're so bad but if i'm gonna t- try to tie this back to watchmen at one point homelander he's upset because uh what is their like boss's name i can't remember her name eliza Shu is the actor's Ad- name madeline madeline yes madeline yeah he she wrote a speech for him to say he was upset about it because he didn't want to say it and there's like this kind of underlying subplot in the show but he says people are scared they don't want trust washington or the coastal elite and they hate foreigners what they want is a little john wayne frontier justice and that is what i do and i think that that is 
the theme of the seventh calvary right i mean people are scared that's a good people point don't trust the, i mean this is true for now like right now in, in real life people are scared they don't trust washington they don't trust the close coastal elite uh people hate foreigners especially in in watchmen and, and what they want is to take things and take matters into their own hand and and go forth and implement justice what frontier justice however they see fit and it typically only benefits themselves which i think often happens within churches and yeah and it's presented in this very yeah this very kind of individualistic it's your responsibility Mm -hmm. one of the one of the girls said that to starlight I, i feel like it's my responsibility to make this girl on my team my soccer team except christ yeah. and starlight's oh, like yeah well, i don't like the way that you I was, said that i was the girl on the soccer team i was the girl on the soccer team growing up you you're, eric you, you were. were just like who's this jesus guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and eric knowing knowing the the guys that you know from fort smith like because i went to church with a lot of those guys and, and that's what we were told like it is our responsibility and that's not true i mean as you know, we grew up in a Southern Baptist evangelical church and, and, you know, we were told to share the gospel and and I'm fine with sharing the gospel. I I am not okay with, with the burden being placed on me and being shamed if a friend doesn't come to salvation. Um, Because that leads into this whole other theological um, can of worms where right. the Holy the Holy Spirit is the one who's supposed to convict, right. and we're just supposed to say, like, present this is this is what I believe. This is, like I believe this about Jesus and um in His plan for redeeming the world, and this is why I believe it more than these other these systems of organized religion. Um, but it's the ultimate job of the Holy Spirit to bring that person to actually know Jesus and know God. Um, so like even in the boys, they're presenting something that the Bible doesn't teach, which is, um, which is just really interesting to, to think about. Um, do, do either of y'all have any more thoughts about the boys? We're doing, we're doing pretty good, but we're, uh, I'm wanting to focus the rest of our time on Watchmen and kind of talk about Dr. Manhattan and all that. Let's let's move on. I'm fine with that. Okay. Um, is Doctor Manhattan God, or is is he a man with God powers? Ooh, he's a man with God powers. Oh, I was going to second that. Yeah, man with God powers for sure. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Like the the defining traits of of God is defined in, in Christianity, but. I, to me, it seems like Dr. Manhattan is just has too many flaws and, and character problems to be, be considered what, what God would be considered. What do y'all think? What do y'all think about, um, Ozymandias telling John that he doesn't have morals because apparently in, in, uh, in Watchmen, when he's, he's trying to stop Ozymandias from destroying New York, he tells, he tells Dr. Manhattan, I'm killing three people to save countless can in more. So morally you're in checkmate. 
And he says, the reason I said that was because I was assuming that you had morals, um, which is really fascinating. And it kind of, you see how Ozymandias views. Um, he thinks that John doesn't have any morals because he thinks that he's tre- transcended human logic. But clearly he hasn't because there's, all, there's so many interesting things about John's character, but he wants to he wants to lose these powers. Like he's so powerful that he can, he can experience time simultaneously, but that's also his biggest weakness because he's always feeling the fear he felt when he was torn to pieces by the nuclear reactor. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then he wants to stop feeling that fear so that he can be a human and walk around as a normal person, which is like the opposite of a superhero story, which I think is so great and so unique. Um, But it's all told from the, like from the lens of this guy who's like brilliant, but not creative or imaginative at all, which um, Ozymandias says, he's like, you are not, you have no imagination but then Angela thinks that he does have a good imagination, but we know that Ozymandias is right because he just like copies everything he sees. He copied the way that God created the earth on Europa and created life. That's ultimately meaningless because they don't have free will. They worship Dr. Manhattan. They worship Ozymandias without Mm -hmm. any kind of reservation. And that's the difference because we worship, we can choose whether or not to worship God. Or, or believe that there is a God. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my little rant. I got like so let me, let me excited ask this. talking about that. Let me ask you all this. Uh, of course, we're not, we're not getting into season two, but with the way that, that season one ended um, with, with Angela, assuming Angela uh, inherits uh, Dr. Manhattan's powers, how do you think she would, she would act with the powers? Would she be the godlike figure or would she be more of a person with godlike powers and not like the god figure it's a good question that is a good question i think that so that's something that in the there's a watchman podcast which eric i think we've talked about uh and i don't know if you listen to it but in the podcast they talk about that they ask that question of what would happen not necessarily with angela just in general like like if you were to receive those abilities what would you do with that would you be any better because i think it's easy for us to sit here and go dr manhattan john could have done so much more he had all these abilities but i the question that um i can't remember what the other guy's name is that but he poses to damon lindelof is if there is a god then why the hell is he letting all this crap happen and then you follow that question up with if I was God, could do better? And I don't know if Angela could. I don't know if I could. I know I couldn't. I there's not even a question of if I could or not. I know I couldn't. So so yeah, I that's a, yeah. I, I would have to agree with that. I think if we're doing like the comparison thing, um, I think with all things said and done, um, John really did. I mean, I'm. It's it's weird to say he did like a good job, but he he didn't do a bad job. The what I think, and I really I really think that my entire mindset of 
Watchmen, like the, like the the big question of like what is the philosophy of the show? Mm-hmm. I think it changed when I when I was preparing for to record this with you guys because I was watching the episode w- describing Angela and Cal falling or John Cal John falling in love and relationships all relationships technically ending in tragedy and all that stuff and how he like gave up those powers to be human and all and like then walking on the pool so that she would walk on the pool at the end giving her the powers and the egg and how it all ties together um i i don't know i because you you look at Ozymandias is smart and he's right that Lady True shouldn't have the powers because she wants them. Mm-hmm. John was really smart and he didn't want the powers, but he got them. And he like didn't he didn't do that much with them. Like he's he failed to stop Ozymandias from, you know, killing all those people in New York. Mm-hmm. But the powers were given to him. So there it seems something like this crazy chance of fate gave him these powers and in the same way angela chose to accept the powers that john gave her assume uh, i like i think all three of us agree that we believe she got those powers mm-hmm. at the end um and then in the, in the, in, it also ties into the whole point isaac you cut out i can't hear you when did i cut out it ties into the whole point and then you cut out um it ties into the whole point of the larger theme of watchmen which is racism and Angela and her grandfather are the 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 black characters in the show who are you know they they are the focal point it's through their eyes the trauma that they've endured that we're going to talk about uh in another episode um and that the powers given to her and not someone not a white person mm-hmm. and it's it's just very it's very fitting and it's showing that like God's not black. God's not white. God's not Asian, but we all reflect him. That's mm-hmm. how it's how I read it. I don't know if uh, Damon Lindelof meant to write it that way and his team. Yeah, I don't know what the the purpose of of that writing it that way was. I feel like there was a purpose because I think everything that they did was very purposeful. But I think that's a good point of you know if we are supposed to be reflections of of God, we're not, he's not one thing or another. So um, I don't know where I'm going with that. So someone else talk. (laughs) Real quick for uh, for our uh, daily trivia. Um, When we were talking, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about uh, Looking Glass, but it was in the same episode with Looking Glass. I don't know if you guys caught this. in 1992, in the Watchmen TV universe, uh, Spielberg made a movie called Pale House instead of Schindler's mm-hmm. List because yes. Schindler's List would have been made in 1992. So that kind of shows you the, the impact of like the whole squid incident that Spielberg decided to make a movie about that instead of the atrocities from World War II. Yeah, yeah. So... Going off of that, again, I think it, that just shows you how, how in-depth they were about what they were writing. And I think that also reflects the the source material. I mean, if you go back and read through the comic or the graphic novel, you see all these little details. And I remember after telling 
uh, after I read it telling Isaac that at the end, you see a little newspaper headline that says, is RR running for president? And it's supposed to be hinting at Robert Redford running for president, which in the Watchmen universe, he is, he's a president. He's been president for years. So word, 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 bird. Um, do y'all have any final thoughts before we start wrapping up? I think we're let me, uh, time. okay, real, real quick. Um, one, one cool thing I observed, and this is relating to the Watchmen comics and movies, um, and coming from, from my viewpoint, um, one thing I kind of observed as, as the main theme in the original Watchmen is there's, uh, always good that comes out of bad. And that, that whole idea of suffering and the outcomes of suffering is one of the important ideas and really drives like the core teachings in, in Buddhism, like that suffering exists. It has a cause. It has an end and it has a cause to bring about that end. And uh, I wrote down some examples that I observed that whole idea from the movie is uh, Dr. Manhattan was born from a science experiment gone bad. So that's uh, something that good that came out of bad. Lori was conceived when the comedian raped the original Silk Spectre. Uh, world peace was established through the lie and narrative that, that Adrian told the world. And my favorite one is uh, Dr. Manhattan kind of like cold shouldering Lori led her to find a better partner in Dan Lyle. That was kind of my observation when I recently watched Watchmen. I think that's a good point. And I think that's something that that isn't talked about a whole lot in general. But like, I, I think that it, it's good to highlight good things coming out of bad situations. Um, and sometimes I, I think that that's hard to hear when you're in the middle of the bad situation. But I right. think it takes a certain level of maturity to reflect and go look back at a situation that wasn't helpful or good or anything, whatever your definition of good is. And to, to look at it and go, that helped me grow. I got this thing out of that situation. You know, it, it made me a better person. It made me stronger or whatever, you know? And I think that that's a good point. And you know, I mean, we can even tie it to the sh- the series, the white the white night that happened. The kids that Angela and Cal end up raising, while they they didn't want kids, especially Angela. You you learned that she did not want kids. She got those kids and she got to take care of them and raise them and and understand you know what it means to be a parent to be a mother. Which I'm not saying every woman in every man needs to become a parent i just that that is something that she she got to experience and i think that she really you can tell she really loves those kids as if they were her own children so it's a good point eric i think uh eric what you said ties in really well to the overall theme of racism and trauma that intergenerational trauma that's being reflected in, in, in police brutality that's and systemic racism that's being reflected in our country right now. And that's one of those things where um, that makes me question justice and, and, and other things too, but it's because it's so present right now, it's, it's easier for me to look at that at George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor be like, ah, good will come out of it, you know? And I'm not accusing either of you guys of, of thinking that, but it's just, like you heal with time and that's kind of that that's the big 
that's the big hammer fall at the end of the series when her grandfather says that you can't heal with a mask on. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's the big thesis of, of Watchmen and what they, what they wanted to communicate. Um, and it's a conversation we'll get to have whenever we talk about, um, how racist, how systemic racism is, um, portrayed in the show in, uh, in another episode. So do y'all have any closing thoughts? I I'm good. If you guys are. Yeah. All right. Thumbs up, Eric. Um, Eric, do you want to introduce our next episode and, uh, what we're going to be talking about? If I can He's pulling up it. the agenda. <laughs> Put me on the spot there, Isaac. I'll get you back on that one. Um, our next episode is going to be our final episode covering Watchmen. We will rank our top five moments in the Watchmen universe. So we're really looking forward to talking about that one. I, I personally love making rankings and lists. So I'm a big list person. Fun. We should do it more often. We should do lists because we did it for Scott Pilgrim and it was a lot Multiple of fun. Times. It'll be great. I'm it excited. Be great. We're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun and I'm assuming we're pulling moments from the movie slash graphic novel and the HBO show. So it'll be, yeah. be fun to talk about. Yeah. It'll be good. Uh, I'm excited. Real quick. Uh, two of my favorite quotes uh, from the uh the the looking glass episode lori she's uh when she's giving the speech to all the policemen she tells them go to go get me some religion and in reference to go catching the seventh cavalry <laughs> yes yes yeah, yeah. that I is an amazing yes. quote and my other favorite that. one is a uh, senator Keene when he's talking to looking glass he tells him that i'm not a modern i'm not a murderer i'm a politician i'll end it with that Nice. nice way to end on on a note like that a strong note we all know that politicians <laughs> are totally trustworthy super trustworthy with especially especially republicans Ooh, coming in hot <laughs> that's another that's a whole nother podcast all oh, right another one all well, right well thank you all for joining us we're gone way over our time but thank you to ready set podcast for understanding <laughs> <laughs> This is Isaac Sims signing off from Conway, Arkansas. This is Eric Pham signing out from Fort Smith, Arkansas. This is Olivia signing off from Oklahoma. We'll catch y'all on the flippity flip. The flippity flip.